And I want to tell you the conversation that we've begun last Sunday, this new series we're in called The Journey, I think anchors us in the story of God for why we would dream, for why we would ask God for more than we can do on our own. And today, uh, week two, I am uh, leading us into a conversation called Life with God, Know God's Love. Know God's Love. We at the Vineyard believe that that is the truest uh, reality of the scriptures, is that there is a God that is knowable. There is a God who has already decided the way that God wants to relate to you, and that is out of a character and a consistency of love. And we believe that that story has been revealed in Jesus. And so as we shared last week, I want to remind us of two important discipleship conversations, uh, questions that we want to be regularly asking. And what we're saying here at the Vineyard is discipleship is following Jesus together. Can you all say together? together? There we go. So check this out. This is Howard Thurman, uh, theologian, pastor, and author. He says this, there are two questions that we have to ask ourselves. The first is, where am I going? Where am I going? And the second is, who will go with me? We think this is the journey of following Jesus. Where am I going and who will go with me? And so I just want to remind you what this looks like. Uh, let's go to the next slide. It's a graphic. Uh, here what we see in Mark 1, we read this last week, is that Jesus is proclaiming God's kingdom. Jesus shows up on the scene and he begins to declare God's rule and God's reign and God's authority for life and for all things good. That is the center. Connected to that center are three important areas of life that we all are living in. The question is, how are we living in those areas? Where are we growing in those areas? And what is God up to? And so we have life with God, life with others, and life on mission. So today we're going to focus on life with God. What we saw Ben Witherington III uh, say to us last week out of his commentary is this, Jesus is actually looking for followers, not just learners or dialogue partners. If you keep going on, it's this idea that he's not kind of wanting to sit with us and just kind of journey through, well, what ifs and what about this and how I see the world. He's actually looking for me to come and follow Jesus in the way Jesus sees the world. The way God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are walking with us. Jesus' invitation is, come follow me and I will make you. Come follow me and I will make you. This invitation is very confrontational. And I'm going to tell you, I said this last week, I've grown up in church. I, I have a faith that's now decades long. But what I want to make sure we understand is that Jesus is providing a moment of confrontation. It's not combative. It's not condemning as we're going to see in the scriptures today. But it is a moment where Jesus wants to get clear with us. And we need to get clear with Jesus. And it's not a religious moment where you need to get cleaned up. You need to make sure those things in your past are tidied up so that when you come to Jesus, you can say, Jesus, I have made myself acceptable to you. Jesus, I have made myself kind of purposeful for you. Jesus, I have made me into something that you might now want and love. Jesus says, no, I love you. Come and follow me and watch what I can do. Watch how I will make you. So life with God is this invitation to know God's 
love. And I want to remind you, I just want to be transparent. I'm putting our cards on the table as a preaching team. If you remember last week, I shared with you that we are partnering in this preaching series with our friends at Growing Faith Fellowship here in this city, Pastor Terrence Campbell. And as we were developing this, we had to ask the question, like, what's our hope for this series? Why preach these messages and look at these scriptures? And here's our hope, that our church family and our community would be equipped to feel more confident in your journey of following Jesus. You would feel more confident in your journey of following Jesus, and you would feel more empowered to be a follower of Jesus, a.k.a. a disciple, making disciples, that you're sharing your journey with Jesus with the people around you, and you just begin to realize this is what it looks like to live a life following Jesus. No matter where you are, we think there's more for you. So before we open up the scriptures today, I want to take a moment to pray. We're going to be in John 3. I might be preaching on one of the most well-known Bible verses around the globe, so I hope you don't come too judgy today. We'll see how it goes. Maybe don't come too much already with your mind made up about what this means and what this says, but that maybe we would come with humility and a willingness to let God speak to us fresh and new out of the scriptures. So Jesus, we, we just acknowledge your goodness today. And God, I'm aware that what we need today is an encounter with you. And so I pray by your Holy Spirit, just as we've worshiped together, as we've received communion together, as we've exchanged moments of hospitality with one another, I pray that now in the reading of the word, your Holy Spirit would speak to our hearts, to our minds, and to our lives, that we might encounter you in a meaningful way. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, if you would join me, I'm going to be in John 3. John is a New Testament book. If you're newer to the Bible, that's good. If you're coming with questions today, you're going to be encouraged because we're going to see an interaction that's full of questions. And if you don't have a Bible, that's okay. You can get a free app called the YouVersion Bible app, but you can also follow along with me on the screen. So here we go, John 3, starting in verse 1. Now there was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling Council. So we get a real person in time who knows the Old Testament scriptures with great authority and is a leader in his religious environment. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the signs you were doing if God were not with him. Okay, what do we already know? Here's a personal interaction with someone familiar with the faith of that day and Jesus. Jesus has already been proclaiming the kingdom and demonstrating his kingdom authority. Miracles have already occurred. Jesus is doing things that is capturing the attention of people. Y'all tracking with me? Okay. For no one could perform the signs you were doing if God were not with him. Jesus replied, very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. Would you be confused at this moment? Would you be like, what? I just gave you this compliment, I just called you rabbi, which means you're a respected teacher, and you're doing cool stuff, and you hit me with, very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. 
How can someone be born when they are old? Nicodemus asked. Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. Jesus answered, Very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to Spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. I love this. How can this be? Nicodemus, a smart, intellectual, studied human, is perplexed. How can this be? What is going on? If you're asking questions right now, you're asking questions about faith, you're confused sometimes by Jesus or the things of Scripture, and you find yourself with more questions than answers, I think you should feel okay. Nicodemus, face-to-face with Jesus, confused. How can this be? Nicodemus asked. Jesus, I'm sure a little bit befuddled, frustrated, Maybe going, oh, humans. You are Israel's teacher, said Jesus, and do you not understand these things? A question to a question. Very truly, I tell you, we speak of what we know and we testify to what we have seen, but still you people do not accept our testimony. I have spoken to you of earthly things and you do not believe. How then will you believe if I speak of heavenly things? No one has ever gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven, the Son of Man. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up. That everyone who believes may have eternal life. That everyone who believes may have eternal life in him. Life in him. Let's read this next slide together. Verse 16. Join with me. For God so loved the world, that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Now this next part's good too, so let's read it together. For God did not send the son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. This is the good news of Jesus. This is the heart of God reaching for humanity. This is God's posture and clearly saying, this is how I want to relate to you. This is what I am doing in the world right now, here in the flesh. Pay attention. Jesus goes on to say, whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but people loved darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. My heart can be so evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what they have done has been done in the sight of God. Sort of an interesting moment, an interaction in a story where Nicodemus has seen and heard of the miracles. He's aware that something different is happening in the person of Jesus. And he comes, and I think he comes curious. 
I believe the best about Nicodemus, he shows up maybe uh, wanting to know a little bit more, but what part of the day does he come? At night? Sort of sneaks in while his buddies maybe won't know. It's interesting, I was reading a commentary. I've never thought of this before. I always thought he was sort of honoring Jesus. He came curious, like, man, there's something different. I want to know Jesus. So, Rabbi, and you must be from God. And it was interesting, this one commentary said that Nicodemus is actually putting himself on the same level. He's saying, I'm a rabbi, you're a rabbi. I know the scriptures and some cool stuff happens when I'm around what God's doing, and obviously there's some cool stuff happening around what God's doing with you. I was like shocked. I was like, well, that doesn't speak too kindly of Nicodemus. I thought he was like on this journey, you know? What I want you to know is like, I'm discovering things about the scriptures right now as we're reading them, and we want to discover this life in Jesus together. And here's what we have to do. Last week I talked about we need to be willing, and there needs to be a humility in us, and I see that actually in this text, that we are reminded this life with God requires us to seek and ask. To seek and ask. So whether Nicodemus did it with good intention or kind of uncertainty or he's trying to manage his power, whatever you think about Nicodemus, what we see clearly is a moment where we should be invited to seek life with God and ask questions. If God is real, one of the things we want you to know is that you can hear God's voice. You can encounter God in a way where God is knowable. And so I think we have to be willing to ask questions of God. God, where are you? God, how does this work? What are you doing in this? And how do I make sense of that? We should feel freedom to ask questions. But here's my question of us today. Are we willing for God to ask questions of us? Are we willing to be directed by God or, dare I say, redirected by God? I think in humility, we can know a God who's love and says, bring your questions, bring your concerns to me, ask me what you think. But then the question will be, am I asking out of humility or am I asking out of pride? Because if I'm asking out of humility, then I will be welcome to hear God ask me questions, to consider what is happening here. And I don't know about you, but I think there's this interesting moment where we see Jesus interject something that was confusing to Nicodemus. And what I think Nicodemus said was, say what? That was it. That was actually the cultural moment. Nicodemus said, Nicodemus said say what? I got to be born again? Born again? How does that work? This is the moment. This is the picture of baptism. This is the hope of our heart and our life. Jesus replies very truly, I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. How can someone be born again when they are old? How does this work, Jesus? Joseph Dongle in his uh, commentary says something so helpful. He says, this birth can be accomplished only by the Spirit of God. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to Spirit. This moment that we see is where we invite the very nature and presence of God to come give us life, 
a life we can't generate on our own, a life we can't build on our own strength or religious activity, a life that doesn't even hinge on our ability to believe rightly or bigly enough. It is a, is bigly enough? Is that even like, what is that? Did I say that? Bigly enough. Please don't tweet that part or whatever it's called now. Let me tell you where I think Jesus invites us, and I love it. We need what only God can give. Here's the deal. You can give your life everything you can give your life. The question is, does your life need more than what you can give? Jesus says it does. We need to be born again, born of the water and of the Spirit. We need a life that is being experienced where we're living out of what only God can give us. What God can give us. God wants to do in and through us is a really beautiful moment. It should be an encouragement to us. Jesus said, come follow me and I will make you. Come follow me and I will make you. There is an invitation for us to have life with God where God is giving us his very life by the Spirit. Life with God is about receiving the life of God revealed in God the Holy Spirit. This is good news. This is the empowering work of God. This is where our faith is not our religious activity. This is where our faith is a relational walk where we open up our lives every day to the very presence of the living God. This is exceptional news. This is news that should fill you with hope if you're tired. This is news that should fill you with faith if you're doubting because it's not about your ability. It's about God coming near and coming close, God reaching for you. Joseph goes on to say this in his commentaries. We look at this idea that it really is about surrender and spirit. Just can you surrender your life? Can you acknowledge you have a need? Can you acknowledge you haven't figured it all out? Can you acknowledge you're not the creator? If we can do these things, if we can journey this walk and realize, actually, I'm not God. I'm not. That's where this life with God begins to open up. Because then you begin to ask God, what do you want to say to me? What do you believe about me? And what you begin to hear is God the Father say, I love you. I love you. For God so loved the world. He says, I love you. God's so interested in life with you, he wants to give you his very life by his spirit. So this quote goes this way. Any hope of salvation, seeing or entering God's kingdom, rests entirely upon God's actions. It rests entirely on God's actions. God has acted in Jesus. God has acted in the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. God has said, this is how I feel about you. This is what I think about you. This is how close I want to be to you. The question is, will we realize the good news? Can we have the gospel realized in our life? And this is where the confrontation gets personal. This is where it gets personal. Because what we see is I'm going to work the scriptures and then I'm going to ask you to consider what is the response for your life today? Because I think any time we're interacting with Jesus, Jesus is inviting us to a response. 
So picking up in verse 14, so the Son of Man must be lifted up. Jesus is saying, I'm going to be lifted up on a cross. I'm going to die for you. So that everyone who believes may have eternal life in him. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned. If you're carrying shame, if you're carrying like regrets, if you're carrying guilt, that is not the way of the kingdom. Jesus is saying, come to me, you are not condemned, you are loved. Come to me and let me begin to give you my life. If you're carrying shame because of your life, bring that to me in the light and I will give you my life. I will give you freedom. I will give you hope. I will give you a new identity. I will make you. Come follow me. Life with God is revealed in Jesus, and Jesus declares God loves you, that God loves us and all the world. That might be confronting some of us right now. You might be able to think, well, I know God could love this part of the world, but not that part of the world. Turns out, we don't get to decide. God so loved the world. God so loved the world that Jesus comes in the flesh, God with us. Jesus dies on the cross, God for us. Jesus enters into death, the thing that we all cannot overcome on our own. And then he gets raised by the Spirit of God for us. And he prays for us and he pours out his Spirit on us so that we can know the love and life of God. This is good news. And what it puts us in is a defining decision. A defining decision. Do we want life with God? Do you want life with God? If you want it, I believe it's available for you. But you know what's interesting about this interaction with Nicodemus? What's the resolution? Nicodemus, in the night face-to-face with Jesus. How does the story end? Did Jesus hold him there and go, right now, Nicodemus, you're going to pray with me before you leave this, this moment. I don't know. So that it may be seen plainly that what they have done has been done in the sight of God. After this, Jesus and his disciples went out into the Judean countryside. That's how it reads. What happens to Nicodemus? You keep reading the scriptures, he shows up in a few other spots, but there's this moment of invitation, and I think Jesus, in his love and care for us, meets us and says, you're invited, you decide. In humility, do you want life with God? Do you want what God wants to do in you every single day? Do you want a life where you come to God every day and say, I need your life. I need your wisdom. I need your direction. I need you. I need you. This is life with God, that you can hear God's voice. You can know God's love. Do we want life with God?
had this thought. I've been trying to think a lot about what this faith journey is. And part of my life experience is to sit with people and hear their story. And uh, anybody know that there's like really horrific things that happen in the world? Y'all familiar with that? Just by a show of hands, just to try to make it a little interactive, how many of you know something bad has happened to, to either you or someone you love or care about? Suffering. Like, I'm talking about suffering. How many of you know someone who's suffered? Okay. Sometimes one of, the, one of the most oppositional forces I hear in this journey of faith, and is there a God, and can you have life with God, is why suffering? Why bad stuff? What's interesting to me is what we're doing is we're asking a question about God and filtering it through humans. So I see humanity and I go, humanity's really messed up. God must be messed up too. I had this encounter with another person that was absolutely evil, so God must not exist. So I look at humanity. Are y'all tracking with me? This makes sense in my own head. Good luck with y'all. I don't know. I look at humanity to assess what I think about God. I look at humanity to assess what I, what I think about God. Jesus does something really interesting for us in verse 19. He has communicated God's heart for us. He's communicated God's action for us. He's communicated God's posture towards us. And then he says this. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world. But people loved darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what they have done has been done in the sight of God. God, my entire life has been lived in your sight. You already know, so I come in freedom to you and I go, if you really do love all this, it's yours. If you really do love me the way you say you do. Here I am. And you know what that moment is? That moment is freedom. No more hiding. No more shame. No more figuring out life on your own. It is a moment where you say, what I need only God can give me. And I begin to open my life to receive the love of God and the life of God for the rest of my days. For the rest of my days. See, life with God is anchored in the truth that you are loved by God. Come into the light. Come into the light. Some of you here today, as you think about your life, the way you would really understand it is like, you know what, my life has not felt like it's been full of light or that I've been even welcomed to bring it into the light, which is the presence of God. Today is the day to come into the light. Just bring your life into God's loving presence and understand this, God has decided God has decided God loves you. God has decided God wants to give you life. Do you want life with God? This is an important part of our discipleship journey, following Jesus together. You are invited to know God. You are invited to know God and receive God's very life. For me, it was in high school. I'd been following Jesus for a while, 
of a pastor's kid, part of a church, had served, done all the different things that you do when you're a part of a church family and you have faith in Jesus. As a high school student, there was a guy in our church who was willing to be a friend and a spiritual mentor to me. And this was his invitation. Why don't we read the Bible together and just talk about it? Sounds great. We're supposed to do that, right? Good followers of Jesus read the Bible. So I went for it. And the deal was, whichever one of us missed had to buy the other person ice cream. So there's like a little challenge in it. You know, I was an athlete. I'm like, okay, I'm not going to lose. Let's do this. But I love ice cream, so maybe I'll lose on purpose. We started reading through books of the New Testament together. And you know what captured my heart? Three words. In his sight. In his sight. In his sight. There are these refrains, Ephesians 1.4 and Colossians 1.22 say this, For he, God, chose us in Jesus before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. It's how he sees you. When he looks at you, he sees you through the Son. He sees you through Jesus. And for a follower of Jesus, you've been filled with the Holy Spirit. So when he sees you, he sees a t- like a temple, a dwelling place for his very self, the Spirit, filling you. He sees you as holy and blameless because of his action and his life and his love in his sight. It's good news. It's great news. It's grace-filled news. It goes on to say this in Colossians, but now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation. You are not condemned You are loved and you are welcome to receive life from God. Do you want it? Do you want it? Do you need God's life to fill your very life here and now? Do you want more than what you currently have? If something inside of you is saying, yes, that is the response of your heart going, God, yes, I want what you've got. Yes, you're inviting me. Yes, you're speaking to me. There is more for us, the very life of God available to each and every one of us. This is an important part of the journey we're on together here. Let's stand. I invite you to stand because then you know I'm almost done. Good news. I also invite you to stand to just actually physically get a little bit of like an active posture. Just maybe God wants to speak to you about what your response is. And you might go, actually, I'd rather sit so I could focus. That's fine. You can sit. When we talk about following Jesus together, I wanted to show you the life of Jesus as a beautiful example of what we're talking about right now. We're just a little bit away from the Advent Christmas season where we will celebrate the birth of Jesus. It says Jesus was conceived by the Holy Spirit, life with God. Then when you read the the story of Jesus, it says Jesus was baptized, filled with the Holy Spirit, and led by the Holy Spirit. In his very life, this is what Jesus did. He had life with God. Then it says he faithfully went to the cross and was buried, and it says the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is the same spirit he wants to put into you. 
faith in Jesus, following Jesus, invites you into that way of life, which means our very life looks like Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, born again by the Spirit, empowered by the Spirit. Do you want to receive life from God? I think that when we say yes, when we go, God, I want your very life, what you're doing is welcoming God the Holy Spirit to encounter you, God the Holy Spirit to fill you, God the Holy Spirit to speak to you the same way we see it in Jesus. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit meeting us. And if that makes sense to you today, I just invite you to open up your life. So, God, this is the moment in our service where we've, we've sung together and we've come to the table or considered that maybe. Read the scriptures, we've looked to Jesus, and my question for us is, what is the draw on our life? What is the tug on our heart? I just pray that in humility, we would not miss this moment. I pray that in humility, God, if we need more of you, we would ask boldly. In humility, we'd go, yeah, God, it hasn't been working out so well. I, if you want to give me life, I take it you up on that offer this morning. I take you up on that offer this morning. I need what only you can do. I need what only you can do. God, right now, whatever that is, wherever we are in our story, I pray that we would experience your invitation. If, that's, if, if somehow today the invitation of Jesus to say you are loved and you, you want to respond with your life to life with God in a new way, I'm just going to ask you to do that right where you're at. Just right where you're at. Right where you're at. That's just between you and God. But it's not meant to stay between you and God. It actually is an invitation to a family. And so we actually want to pray a prayer of blessing of what God is doing in your life. You can do that one of two ways. You can either grab a friend next to you Say, can you just bless, like, God's doing something in my life right now. Like, my spiritual journey, I am taking a step. Today, I'm taking a step towards life with God, and I just need a friend to know and a friend to just bless that. And if you're not sure, you don't want to share that with somebody next to you, you can just come down, and we're going to have people available to pray. And so, God, here's, here's my ask for us today. If there is an invitation for our next step into life with God, maybe it's been 50 years of life with God, and we want more. It's 50 years and another day. I pray we, that you would just bless that invitation in people's lives. But I specifically pray for people who came with questions today, for people who have not been experiencing life with you. I pray that, if, that there would be a moment today where they would realize that is available. And whatever needs to happen between you and them, I pray by your spirit, you would just welcome them. You would woo them with your love. You would call them by your very spirit, and it would be set as a real encounter. And so we bless new faith today. We bless the capacity to say, today is a day I step further into life with God. And we pray that you would do more in us and through us this week. I pray now that you would root us and establish in love. I pray that we would see the proclamation of the New Testament come to life inside of us. That for this very reason, for this very reason, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. In order that you may know the hope to which Jesus has called you the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people, his great power for us who believe. 
And for this reason, I kneel before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name, and I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God, his very life filling you. We pray this blessing over you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hey, if you need prayer for anything, I'm going to invite you to come now. We'll have people available. This could be for significant things in your life, for big questions you're asking, or for a step of faith. We would love to pray for you and bless you. If you need healing, a job, money stuff is going on, whatever you need, just walk down here. We'll have prayer ministry teams available, and we just are grateful to be on this journey with you. We're glad you were with us today. Come back next week. You're going to get to hear from another one of our preaching team voices, and it's going to be full of hope in our life with God. We're glad to be with you. Have a wonderful rest of your day.